Welcome to Pediatric Dentistry from A to T, the podcast that covers all aspects of pediatric dentistry, clinical, business, wellness for dentists, and leading edge science. It's all right here. And now your host, Dr. Jared Johnson. Hi, Dr. Jared here. And on today's podcast, I wanted to cover a paper that came out in April here from the AAPD titled Hidden Crisis, Pediatric Oral Health in Rural America. And this one's kind of hits home for me a little bit because I have a practice in a rural community in Iowa and in Iowa that we have the saying, if you build it, they will come from the field of dreams. And we're in the middle of summer and um, baseball season and and things are, are moving along. And it just kind of felt like the right time to review this after some of the discussions I had with my colleagues last night. And the paper becomes because we're having uh, an area, a time where we graduate all these great young pediatric dentists and they all want to go to the biggest city and live the city life. And that's not what I chose for myself. I think there's a lot of benefits to being in a rural community. Number one, uh, from a practice standpoint, you're not going to have really much competition. So I'll tell you that I'm the go-to pediatric dental provider in, in my town. I can say that with confidence and be proud of it. And you're going to have a lot of other opportunities that you might not have in a bigger city in the community, working with boards and foundations and, and serving your community in a way that you can make a bigger impact, I would say. I think I have in my community. And it's enjoyable. It's it's fun to be on the church council and be able to help make decisions that you know benefit everyone. And there's there's other boards that you can serve on in, in the community. And I think it's just a, another rewarding way that you can elevate yourself as the professional that you are. I also was able to get some loan repayment from practicing a rural community. We can talk a little bit more about that when we dive into the APD report here. But that was huge for me to have that knowledge that I was getting some help and the community was really backing me. And the last part is just you're you're not a big fish in a huge pond you're a big fish in a small pond and you really get to be known by your community and be respected and build relationships and I think in today's world that is something that is something that should be considered when you're when you're looking at being a a figure and someone's respected and being able to have relationships with families and, and your community so Keep those in mind as we go through this. Uh, This executive summary came out that uh, children in rural communities have poor poor oral health than those in urban or suburban settings. Um, They have lack of reliable, comprehensive, ongoing health care. And a lot of these kids are on state-funded programs, Medicaid, um, the lack of knowledge in, in some of these families on what's healthy and what's not, and their dental IQ is a challenge as well. And when we look at access to care, it's also most of these kids are being seen in rural health care centers or FQHCs, and those don't always have the access to the pediatric dentist or the specialty care that these kids need. Some of these kids need to have time in the operating room. And these are the challenges that we are facing. And there are going to be some tough, tough decisions that we have to make as a profession as far as solutions. 
I don't know which way the profession's going to go, but if we don't make the changes, we're going to have, I think, in my opinion, more mid-level providers come in. We have kind of almost, I think, the perfect storm right now in dentistry with the cost of tuition going up, uh, 300,000 graduating uh, for an average dental student. We have providers not wanting to go to rural areas. We have artificial intelligence and insurance changes that are going to happen pretty quickly. Last year, the APD came out with a value-based care proposition paper, which would be another one to review. But all this and not having these kids getting taken care of may lean into more mid-level providers. I'm not sure if that's the answer. I don't know. Um, personally, I think that's probably the, the way things are going to go. And I think there's a right way to do it. I think I would love to have a mid-level provider under me working at my office and, and train them the right way to do pediatric dental care. I think there's a model that could work. I'm not scared of it, but we need to think what will happen if we don't do anything. And we need to be at the table having the conversations, the, the difficult conversations that not many people want to have. And let's start with some of the suggestions from the APD. I think these are great. Recruit from rural. So most kids decide they want to be a dentist in junior high. And if we know we can find these kids from these communities, if you have a kid in your chair that's at that age and they say they want to be a dentist, we, we should be able to give them resources. We should be able to say, hey, here's your career path. Let's focus on STEM. Let's encourage uh, minorities from our communities and women to go into do the STEM programs. Let's encourage them to give them the tools to be on the road to be a dentist. Recruit to rural is another suggestion. And this is what was done for me with the Iowa Fine Project. The Iowa Fine Project, the state sets aside some money and there's an application for the grant. It's a forgivable loan. If you see 33% uh, Medicaid or more, that loan is forgiven for the year. There's some strict reporting that you have to do. And then the community also has to match it. So I ended up getting 80000 in loan repayment uh, with a community match from, from Muscatine Health Support Foundation. And that was a big help to get me here. I probably would not have been in this community if that was not an option for me, to be honest. Renovate Medicaid. We got to look at this and this is really big. We can't be losing money seeing these kids. I, I just had to make a difficult, difficult decision to, to drop Illinois Medicaid. We're on the border. I get paid, I think, 30 some dollars for a, a filling that takes an hour of time. And we all know our staff costs just went up. So, I mean, if you're looking at paying someone anywhere from 18 to, I don't know, 20 some dollars an hour, and your fillings getting, it's an hour chair time, you know, it costs you more to set up the room than you're getting for the filling. It's just not sustainable to not be reimbursed for the services that we provide to be able to have a healthy living for ourselves. It's, it's just not sustainable. And that really needs to change. We also need to look at how the administration of these plans is done. We have uh, managed care of North America, if you do a limited exam for an emergency, you have to write a narrative and send that in. You have to tell some of these insurance companies what tooth number you took the PA of. And we don't have to do that for private insurance right now. So those are barriers. Those need to go away. And that's why I don't take MCNA, because I'm not going to go to that extra work uh, for those barriers. And that's the decision they made. 
And I have the choice too. I don't have to be put through more work to be able to be with them. And I'm not going to. At the time they when they came to Iowa, they were paying more. But I wasn't going to take the extra time to get more money for the headache that it would cause me. They want to also encourage people to reward whole person care. So coordination, uh, case management, transportation. We can't have... We can't have taxi drivers getting the full fee to transport these people around and we're getting paid 30 cents, 39 cents on the dollar. Like you don't go to the grocery store and buy support from the government. They don't pay 30 cents on the dollar for the gallon of milk. That, that's something that, that does need to change. Uh, we need to encourage people to be active in the community like I have been and collaborate. When I came to town, I worked with the library to bring brush book bed and public health uh, from the AAP. And that's a great message for literacy, for oral health literacy as well, and to encourage people to have healthy habits for their kids. And these are things, programs like these are great examples of ways that we can build awareness about our profession and what we do as pediatric dentists and encourage kids to be able to be excited to come see us, be able to take care of their teeth. I can't tell you when I go to a kid's, my kid's school and do the presentation, and it's still like four months later and some of these kids come in for their recalls and they're talking about how you came to their classroom. And that makes an impact if we're looking at encouraging kids to be dentists. It does. They see you there, they see you at their school, they see you at the dentist office and they're excited to talk to you about that reserve operating room time i know this has been a big 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 huge challenge for pediatric dentists across the country especially after covid and reimbursement for dental cases is, has not been traditionally good and luckily with support from the ada and apd going to advocacy for us you wonder what our membership what your membership does for you for these organizations and I mean, that's a huge deal to get that reimbursement up so we can take care of these kids and have reserve time. I am fortunate in my community. I have, I could have more days if I want. I have two block days and it's great. I can fill them as needed. I could get more if I wanted. I have great access to operating rooms right now, but that's not the case for everyone in, in the nation. And we need to be aware that these people, these healthcare providers should be reimbursed for the anesthesia services that they provide as well, because it is a vital part of our profession to be able to take care of these kids that have the highest risk and honestly, the most needs. We're not taking the kids to an operating room for one, two. That's, I mean, these are big cases, 12, 16 teeth, and these kids need to be taken care of enough. If those are the kids that are at the highest risk and disproportionate in our community, we need to be able to have access to be able to do that effectively, safely, and compassionately for these kids. Continue to support community uh, water fluoridation so that we have the infrastructure for um, these kids to be getting that uh, fluoride on their teeth topically when they when they drink the water to help reduce the amount of decay. Ensure food security. So we may have kids that don't have access to healthy foods and healthy meals and we want to make sure that those programs are offering 
things that are nutritious and healthy. And I think that's one part where we as dentists have not been at the table on. And I think our current ADA president is making some ways to change that. I've said for a long time, I'd love the ADA to have a seal for food and things that are healthy for teeth, but we can't have some of these other programs that have lobbyists. We can't, I asked one mom one day, who buys the juice? And she says, well, WIC does. I mean, do we really need our government to be buying juice for the kids? Is, isn't milk and water enough? So there's some challenges there that we will face. And some of those companies have a lot more uh, power in con Congress and, and lobbying than we do as far as what, what they can provide. But we need to be a, in there and have those conversations so we can continue to work for optimal oral health for these kids. Improving oral health literacy and motivating parents and caregivers to recognize that, well, I think we're learning a lot more about this, about the mouth and the brain and the gut connection and some of the tissues that are formed. It's really interesting and in how overall health is a, a part of oral health. And some of those connections I think we'll see here to become present more in the future. And then one more thing that just kind of came out with COVID, they want to enhance digital capability, uh, have internet access for these kids and be able to do teledentistry because there may be a time when they can't have access to care. So it seems like there's a lot there, but I think there's a lot of ways that we can definitely make progress together. And I think this is a good start for the conversation. And I would encourage you if you're, graduating right now to, if you're looking at opening an office, maybe to do some research and find an area of need where you can be successful, uh, make a healthy living and make an impact on a community that may not have had access to pediatric dental care. And I know you can do it. And I, I would be excited to see you do it. Um, don't think that there's not a way and don't think you're going to be tied to Medicaid. I, I When I started, I was about 70%. Now I'm about 40. So there, there's going to be a balance and growth of your office and your practice. And I know that you can be successful in a rural health setting. And there's a lot of benefits as far as your income potential and ability to make an impact. And, and those things are important to consider as well when you're looking for uh place to open an office. So I hope this has been kind of a fun conversation to go over. And I really thought it was uh, interesting to see this report come out. And I hope that we don't end up in a place where we aren't at the table being able to have these conversations where things don't go the way that we want them to go for our profession. Thanks for listening today. And I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to Pediatric Dentistry from A to T. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss a future episode. For more information or to connect with Dr. Johnson, visit us online at www.pediatricdentalce.com. For more tips and tricks, follow Pediatric Dental Seminars on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.